Welcome to Coach Aria's podcast, Coach to Lead. Morning, Jane. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So I'm I'm Leah, as you, as you already know, um, and this video are in response to what's been going on worldwide with COVID nineteen and this crisis, and and especially in, in response to parents. Parenting at this time must be really, really difficult. And Coach Arya, Magda and myself just thought, let's, let's do something to be able to help parents across the world. And you are my first interview on this series. So thank you so much. I'll just give a quick, quick, um, a quick introduction to you, Jane. I have known you for 10 years, but only kind of knowing you through your amazing work that you do but I met you three years ago face to face in person an amazing moment in my life because you're like an inspiration to me so you know when you meet someone for the first time and you go oh so excited you were like famous to me <laughs> so I, I met Jane um, three years ago face to face in Zambia um, when I was volunteering for her and her amazing charity, the Butterfly Tree Charity. Jane does some spectacular stuff. I'll let her introduce herself, but she works in malaria prevention. She works with orphans that have been decimated by HIV and AIDS. She works in water, food, sanitation, education, you name it. Jane does this with her fantastic local volunteers in Zambia and some volunteers in the UK and myself. And also one of the reasons that I absolutely adore Jane is that 100% of the funds that she raises goes directly to the charity. So I, I, I know for me, the reason I chose Jane as as someone to speak on this this parenting series is because she's my absolute inspiration as a as a child growing up i didn't really have anyone that i could say oh you know that's i'm this person inspires me or or oh yes this actress or actor is is someone that inspires me no until i met jane sorry jane i'm probably completely embarrassing you right now <laughs> <laughs> Jane is my absolute inspiration. She's one of those women that you would literally call a Wonder Woman. She is also an amazing mom. She's a bit of a mother role model to me too. And I think you'd agree with that, Jane? Possibly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, she's a mom to two fantastic sons. They're very successful. They're, they're older now. I think they're around my age. And she's also a mum to hundreds of children and teenagers in Zambia. So I am going to hand over to Jane because she's our amazing parent and inspiration in this. So Jane, would you like to introduce yourself further? Thank you. Thank you, Leah. And uh, yes, that was very embarrassing. And uh, <laughs> may I say that I have a mutual admiration for you too, for what you've accomplished. And uh, you've actually got the qualifications. I haven't. Uh, um, qualifications aren't anything. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I, I can honestly say that I've learned most of my, um, my things that I've done in my life. I've done it through experience. And I've had quite a lot of experience, both good and bad. 
and that's enabled me to do what I do. And um, yes, thank you so much for all those kind words. And it's wonderful to have you on board and to be able to, um, to share my experiences with you. Um, so yes, I've had, um, like a lot of people, I've had a roller coaster life, um, but I can honestly say the highs um, far exceed the lows. And I don't think if you've had any downs in life, you could actually do what I do, and that's um, running a charity for orphans and vulnerable people in Zambia. Um, I could have done without some of the bad things that's happened in my life, but having those experiences and has enabled me to, not, not a case of sharing my experiences and talking about my woes, it's just that I can relate more to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've experienced a lot of things. I was a single parent for seven years, um, unintentionally. Um, I've been widowed. And um, I've, I've had a few difficult times in my life that have um, been very difficult to get through. And so, um, in a way, they were my own crisis. Now we have a global crisis to deal with. And we're all in it together. And that makes a big difference. It certainly does. Certainly does. Well, I on that note, why is the, the topic of parenting at this moment in this crisis so important to you? Um, first of all, I'd like to share something which many of you will have heard before, but it's something my mother frequently said to us, is that children don't ask to be born. Think about that for those of you who have never heard that before. And it's such a true saying, because if you bring a child into the world intentionally, obviously there's some people who have slip ups and, and didn't intend to have children, but the majority of us have children intentionally. And if you bring a child into the world, that is your responsibility, like it or not. No book, no policy, nothing can prepare you for that impact of having your first child. Um, you can study, you can learn. I went to all the childbirth classes and everything. And then suddenly it hits you and you can throw the book out the window virtually. I'm not saying that every author um, shouldn't continue to write books on parenting and childbirth and all these things. Yes, they're very helpful. But nothing is like the reality of having a child and that responsibility. And I was somebody who wasn't really that enamored about having children. It wasn't my priority when I got married. Um, I had five very good years. I had a good career um, where I, you know, thought, do I or do I not want children? And then I decided I did. And then once I had my first child and went on to have my second child, they were my responsibility. And I have never regretted one minute of having them. They are the best things that ever happened to me. I'm sure that they think you're the best thing that ever happened to them as well. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm sure I've embarrassed them on many occasions. That's um, what mums are for. Yes, that's true. So um, at the moment, during this pandemic, um, most people have been thrown into situations which they never thought they would be in. Um, it's not like anything we've ever experienced before, as you know. Um, certainly I'm a lot older than you and not, nothing in my lifetime can compare with this where it literally has impacted everybody throughout the world. 
and thrown into everybody into chaos. Um, but people have to realize that hopefully this is only for a period of time. It's almost as if we've been given a big shake up. You've had your chance, you've messed it up in many, many ways, particularly um, the planet and the global warming. Um, yep. Now you have to sit still while nature takes over. That is just one thought. Obviously, certain people would say that's a load of rubbish, but um, it has been a big shock to everybody. And having to work from home for the first time is probably one of the hardest things for a parent to do, coupled with the fact of having your children at home with you. I can't even imagine. Not being a mum myself, that must be very, very difficult. Very. Well, I have always worked from home, so I'm in a fortunate position that it's not new to me. Um, secondly, um, I've been on my own for many years. Um, I was widowed 11 years ago, so that's not difficult. For some people who've never ever lived on their own, that must be extremely difficult. Um, my children are grown up, as you said, so I don't have them at home with me. But quite frankly, I wish they were, despite their age. I wish they were, because I think the one thing that some parents are not looking at, this is a ca catastrophic event that is happening in our lifetime, which will be in the history books in future. Mm, when you look back to World War II and see what were happening to children in cities then, many of them were shipped off to the countryside. Now you imagine as a parent, you're sending them to, sometimes it was strangers who just offered to look after their children to keep them safe. You've got that fear of who are they going to? You've got that fear of will you, will you ever see them again? And from a child's point of view, it must have been terrifying. So to those parents who are finding it very, very difficult to have their children at home with them during this pandemic, embrace it. Just be grateful that your children are at home with you and they are safe. Because it's a lot tougher when they're not at home and they're far away from you. You know, that was so but yeah, it is. And that's a really deep thinking point for everyone. And actually, I think a lot of people forget that that happened in World War II and children did leave home. And actually, it is nice to be at home and safe <laughs> and know your children are safe and, and to be safe yourself and to actually be with them there. It, Thank you. That was that was actually really insightful for me. <laughs> I, I could imagine that. And so, Jane, do you think there are benefits to this? Definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, just take your everyday work um, load, for example. So imagine if you are um, somebody where, where I live um, in my county, a lot of people um, work in London. So that's an hour and 20 minute commute on a train. So, you know, it could be anything from a 10 to minute, 10 minute to 30 minute drive to the station, and then the commute into London, and possibly when they get to the end of the to the railway station, then they may have a tube journey to get or a walk to their office. Um, that is a huge amount of stress removed. Um, it's, it's, 
or if you're driving, imagine if you're driving every day in heavy traffic and now each way, even two hours each way, that has also been removed. And, um, there, you know, there are good and bad things against it all, obviously. But, um, you, you know, if you've got children and you are getting up in the morning, maybe at 6.30, you've got to get their breakfast, you've got to get them to school, then you've got to race the train or race to the office or to the shop or to the factory or wherever you work. Um, that's been removed too. True. And so <laughs> you should actually make the most of that time. You know, you can set your alarm clock later. In a normal... I'm just generalizing now, but a sort of typical working day for a lot of parents today is they're up probably at 6, 6.30, they've got to get the children up, get them ready for school, get them breakfast, drive them to school, then focus on them getting themselves to work. The children probably going to breakfast, uh, to, sorry, after school care or to um, a school club after school. And then the parents have got to race, pick them up, get them back home, homework, supper, bed, bath time, whatever, bath time, bed, in that order. Um, it's an exhausting day. Well, you know, make the most of this time when you don't have that much stress in the commuting and the traveling around and um, try and organize your day around what you've got now. It's so I important, think. very much, to, to make the most of the time that you have without those external stresses that we usually have, but to make the most of your time with your children as well. Yes, but obviously if you've got a very responsible job, whether you're, it's your own business or whether you're an employee, just um, use some common sense. Common you know, sense. You know, that's my favourite <laughs> favorite expression. Um, sadly, it seems to be disappearing from the dictionary because everything either has to be in a policy or a document and if it isn't then people don't don't think outside that box and I think it's my common sense that's probably got me through most of the events in my life um, yes there's lots of information on the internet about how to, to focus on your work day during this pandemic but you have to be a little bit flexible you can't stick to things rigidly and it is very new. And if you're at a computer working and your kids are screaming in the background, then you have to try and adapt a little bit. I've, I've talked to my neighbours who've both got young children to see how they're coping. Um, one couple has two little girls under the age of five. And they said it's difficult, but they seem to have got into a routine. One of them gets up very early and does quite a, a lot of work before the others get up. And then he works through till lunchtime. They have lunch together and then they swap over. And to, you know, the father will look after the children in the afternoon while the mother's working. And then if you have to work in the evening when the children are in bed, then so be it. Again, it's, it's not forever, hopefully. It's just a short period that we have to adapt to. And that, that structure is really important, um, but a structure that's tailored to each family, each parent, and especially if you're a single parent, you know, that, that structure, you know, it must be difficult, very difficult, but also for the children to, to be able to get into the structure and to be at home all the time. 
this is very new as you say very new for everyone um how do you think children are coping um children are a lot more adaptable than adults you know we all get the older we get the more we get set in our way so it's very difficult to adapt children are very adaptable and children are, get over things very quickly um obviously there's different scenarios if you've got a nice house and garden and i'm blessed to have a wonderful garden which is my sanctuary um then it's easier because the children can go out and play in their own garden but if you're in a high-rise flat in the middle of a city and obviously it's different but i think it's um important to talk to your children i've always talked to my children not always um telling them things i've wanted to but children are not stupid. And I think you have to keep discussing these things. It's very easy to protect them and wrap them up in cotton wool, which I'm a typical mother who wants to do that. But I think you have to make them aware because if you don't, somebody else will. Somebody, one of their friends will tell them what's going on and, and you'll be questioned, why haven't you told me about that? So it's very important to discuss these things. But it's it's very strange for children too their routine has been broken up mm -hmm. they're no longer with their friends at school they can no longer freely go out to play so it's very challenging for them too and also it's terrifying yes you know, if they've got access to the news when you hear the statistics you hear the death toll let's face it a lot of us are terrified of what's going on so for a child who doesn't fully comprehend what's going on, and indeed we're, we're not fully um, aware of what's going on because it's all so new to us as well, it must be terrifying. So it's very, very important to reassure your children constantly and show them the love and care that they need to be able to get them through this. Um, it's, it's, it, it, there's no, no good in in holding back so if what i'm trying to say is if a child wants to discuss things with you let them discuss it and actually tell them well i'm very frightened too but this is how i overcome it and give them some ideas like breathing exercises reflection or distraction give them things to take their mind off what's going on around them 100 percent. and i think uh, as you said conversation and that connection with your children is so important now more than ever. You know, it's always important, but to actually find out what your child's fears and worries are, um, what they're enjoying, what they're not enjoying, um, in, and also for them to understand their parents' fears, because it, it, it's, it's a mutual respect and mutual communication obviously it depends on the age of the child and how you word that but that you always say the word jane empathy you know that is something that you do talk about and that springs to mind now when we have those conversations and that communication with our children yes very much so and introduce empathy to your children because it's not something that they'll naturally become aware of. It's not something that's taught at school, but it's a very important factor in life. And I have a lot of faults, but I, one thing I've always been blessed with is having empathy and compassion for other people. 
And I, I guess that's what's enabled me to do what I do and help some of the most vulnerable people on the planet. But teach your children um, about empathy. Explain to them what it is that, you know, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. So if you've got a child with a nice garden and a house with all the gadgets, the, you know, the Playstations, the computers, the TVs, just say to them, I wonder what you think it would be like if you were living in a very poor country where that child's school has been closed down. So they've gone back home to living in a mud hut. They've no TVs, they've no iPads, they've no Playstations. They can't go out to play with their friends. They've no electricity, no running water. And equally, just think what that's like for a parent in that situation. I mean, I'm working with Sambians at the moment in preparation for, for when COVID-19 starts spreading um, throughout the communities there. And, you know, you know, if a man's been laid off, if you're living in a rural village in Africa and, and you've been laid off from work, so you've no income, there'll be no payouts there for you from your um, employee. employee uh, oh, very true, yeah. And um, so suddenly there's no income to buy food, the wife might have to walk, you know, several kilometers to get water, especially if there's a drought because the streams and rivers are dry. So, you know, just talk to your children about these things. Say to them that, well, actually, if you look around you, you are a lot better off than most people. Very much. It, it's obviously that doesn't apply to everybody because, as I say, there'll be people in small, confined houses and flats which find it very difficult, but there is always somebody worse off than you, as we, as we well know. But unless, your child, unless you talk to your children about this, they're not going to understand. And, and it can be applied to anything, empathy. If a child has been bullied by his brother or in a playground, then just say, why do you think he's bullying? Why do you think he's behaving like that? And see if you can talk it through. And I think this is one of the sad things that may be happening at the moment is that because people are in confined spaces there is probably more arguments more aggression and this is a time when you just don't need it no that's it's very likely you know that that has increased and in such a small space they can escalate and, and get worse and yeah i think i think as well jane it's really nice that you're talking about the experience in Zambia as well, because you, you are seeing this crisis from the eyes of different parents as well. You're seeing how this is, it is affecting people in such a different way. And when you mention the families in mud huts, it's, it's so hard to imagine that. And also they don't have mobile phones. There's, there's very little, internet access in the villages at all let alone access to water and and i spoke to somebody yesterday in kenya and they said to me do you know leah we're our children and ourselves are so scared not 100 percent about the the virus but about starvation about hunger mm. and that's Which what's scaring apparent. them and and for children in Europe, well, England and America, and that's you know we don't come. Some families are extremely poor, and it will be affecting them 
in the UK and America. So I, I you know, I, I do understand that. But for me in, in Africa, it's scary. And to imagine that fear that children and parents must be facing there. Honestly, it, it gets yeah, it gets me emotional thinking about it, actually. And because we, we don't know what's around the corner. We hope it doesn't spread and we, we hope that it doesn't affect these families. But we just don't know. That uncertainty is very scary. Very. Indeed, yes. And, you know, I'm, I've just spent 12 months raising funds and awareness for a drought, which was the worst drought in 30 years in, Zam in parts of Zambia, not all, or, sorry, not all over the country, but certainly in the southern and western provinces. So the people are already hungry. And now the threat of COVID-19. And let's face it, we've all done it. We've all complained about this, you know, not being able to shop, not being able to get our regular products. But, you know, how many of us are actually without food in the West? Yes, we have to queue online to get an online delivery. We have to queue at the supermarket, which is risky, obviously. But if you stick to the guidelines, then you should be fairly safe. But... You imagine if you've been suffering for the last 12 months from hunger, where you've gone two months without a meal, just literally living off wild fruits or roots, which can be poisonous if they're not boiled. And then you're just getting through that because the rains have come, you've started to grow vegetables, and then suddenly this. So everybody, one of the areas I work is, is tourism area. So a lot of the village people work in the tourism industry. Everybody's been laid off, as you can imagine. Yeah. So not only are there people who were suffering from hunger, still hungry, but you've now got a whole new group of people coming back to the villages with no income. So I was told the other day that the hunger is now worse than what it was during the drought. Scared. So when we plain about not being able to get our toilet rolls and I am so tired of those toilet roll jokes. Honestly. And, you know, at, first, at first they were very very funny but um, you know looking upon uh, on it on the serious side if we have to go without our favourite cereal, if we have to go without our favourite fruit or we have to live out of canned food or frozen food for a few weeks we're still got, we're still got food we're not going to be hungry yeah. And I, I just um, think people have to analyse a little bit more. It's, it's not good to analyse too much because then you start thinking too much. Unfortunately, my brain is always analysing. Um, but, you know, just, just think of the positives, as you said earlier. Just think, well, what are the most important things in life? Mm -hmm. Am I healthy? Am I safe? Have I got food? And, you know, what we're talking about today, have I got my children with me? So I think, you know, it's, it is tough and it's very scary. But one of the things I would like to suggest, if it's okay, is, is to how, overcome some of the fear. Definitely. Would you, would you like me to, to talk about that? Would you like to talk about that? And if you would, yes, please. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. It's, I, listen, me no, more than nobody, I suffer from, I get anxious, I worry about my family, I worry about the charity and 
where are we going to get the next funding now that this has happened and all these kind of things. And I was unwell for a few weeks recently and mm-hmm. I had just yeah, travelled off a plane. And five days after getting off the plane, I got quite sick. I had a high fever. Fortunately, I didn't have a cough or shortness of breath. But several weeks ago, we didn't really have that much in the media about COVID-19. So I self-isolated and then I had a doctor's telephone conversation. Um, He didn't think it was coronavirus, but obviously without the test, there's no proof. But it's persisted. So several weeks later, I am just starting to feel as if I'm turning the corner now. But obviously, that makes you anxious because you're seeing all these horrific images of people in intensive care, of people being, um, you know, hate to say it, but preparing mortuaries. As, as somebody said the other day, I am digging for graves for people who haven't yet died. Mm-hmm. And it, it is horrifying to see all these things. So one thing I have learned to do, restrict my news viewing and check on it in the morning because obviously new news comes through and then listen to the government's briefing in the UK. Obviously, different countries have different um, times when they do their briefings. Listen to that at sort of five o'clock in the afternoon and then switch it off. Because I was finding that if I was checking the news all evening, then I was lying awake half the night and getting very, very anxious. Um, The other thing that I would like to comment on is this social media. Now, for once, social media has come into its own. We're we're loving it. We're we're getting contacts from friends who we haven't heard from in 20 years. Very true. See if we're okay, which, which is wonderful. And, you know, all, all the, the bad publicity that social media has had, and rightly so in some cases, um, now we can at least say, thank goodness for social media. But the one thing I'm seeing a lot of, and I've learned this myself, is that we are all willing to try and help our friends and family um, get through this crisis. But don't post things unless you know they are factual. I was inundated with posts from a group of friends saying, this is what you must do, this has come from a doctor, blah, blah, blah. And since those instructions came out, I've seen several of them been said as, these are not theories, these are not methods, they're just speculations. And I stopped doing all of that, and I cannot tell you the relief of not checking my WhatsApp every few minutes to see what groups of friends are posting. My advice is if you are really, really interested and want to know what is going on, check the World Health Organization and your own trusted news site, whether it be the BBC or CNN, but don't keep checking on all these messages because they can be far more harmful than good with every intention your friend has to maybe help you unless it's fact don't share it well said (laughs) definitely (laughs) definitely definitely and it it does raise anxiety social media has its benefits like you said with being able to speak to people you and i we're on social media often (laughs) you 
usually talking work stuff and I'm worrying about what's going to happen in Zambia with orphans and etc over there and to keep each other smiling which is lovely you always send me something to cheer me up and, <laughs> and so on um, but there is a lot of fake news and I, I know myself um, I'll get a message from my mom or someone oh Leah have you seen this it's isn't this scary and I'm thinking that, that's not real and everyone's anxiety is increasing from something that's not even true so it's got its benefits social media and its negatives yeah, and, and you know we've all got to accept this is it we can't do anything about it to stop it happening and people are and include especially reporters are so readily um, there to every day to criticize the government's efforts whichever country it's in there's always something that's not right. There's always something that went more. They're always asking about when's lockdown over. You know, even for these experts in healthcare, in politics, this is a new virus. Yeah. And you learn every day. Even the experts don't always get it right. But I think if you listen to the science, they're far more to get it right than Joe Blobs, who is, is um, speculating on something. Um, you know, I've, I've read some very interesting data and statistics, and I, one of the things I read, I hope it does come true, because it would be phenomenal. It could save so many lives. But I'm not going to start spreading that to people, because they'll say, oh, that, this is it. This is the cure. This is, this is what's going to, or this is a vaccine or treatment that's going to help. So just don't spread that. And then another tip I read the other day is if you are working from home and, and you are a person that gets easily distracted, which I don't hate <laughs> to say I'm one of those people. Yep, I'm in there. Take your social media off your browser and move your mobile phone away from your computer if you're working on a computer because it's so easy to keep checking your WhatsApp messages or just think, oh, I'll see who's on Facebook, see what's been posted now take it off or just don't use it because you you must keep focused obviously if you're working for an income you have to keep focused on what you're doing and if, if you're not setting rigid time work with with the company you're working for if your own company and it's all too much for you you've been saturated with the news don't just take time out just you know go for a walk around your house or walk around your garden and then refresh yourself, come back. Good and guidance. There's lots, there's lots of things you can use to overcome this fear and anxiety. Deep breathing, mindfulness. An amazing book, which Americans can relate to, was written with, by no other than Goldie Horn. And it's called um, Ten... Um, I have it here, because you, you, you got me this for Christmas. 10 Mindful Minutes, yeah. there you are. And honestly, it's one of the best books I've ever written because it's not, it's not jargon that we can't understand. It's something that every parent can relate to and they could help their children. And it teaches you to, you know, be happy, to make your children think happy thoughts, to have empathy. And another important thing is reflection. You know, this is an amazing time we've been given to go through all our holiday snaps, sort them out, get rid of the rubbishy ones, but also to be able to reflect on that was a wonderful holiday. 
And to see happy faces and children playing on the beach or in a park or in the mountains, um, all these things you could do, sharing with your children, instead of keep checking your phone every few minutes. You That's, know, there's been a survey was done here last year, and children who were interviewed said that their parents spend the whole evening on their mobile phones and they don't talk to them anymore. So use this time to do these things, to, to reflect, to share photos, to videos, whatever makes you happy. That's so beautiful. And, and to be honest, that, that reflection, we don't do enough of anyone. None of us. We, we go through moments because, you know, we are quite fortunate, especially in the Western world, that we can go on holidays and go to restaurants and, and go to theme parks and zoos and days out and, and have picnics, etc. But they happen so fast because we do so much. We, we just don't remember them. And right at this very moment, whilst everyone is safe at home with not much to do, I bet they're thinking of all the things they used to do for the first time and appreciating them. And, and for me, this is a moment of gratitude, you know, for everyone to think we are lucky. We do have quite a lot, you know, and the gratitude for the time that we've spent and, and the experiences that we've had. And you say, look through the, the photo album. And it, it makes me giggle because I haven't looked through my family album for probably 15 years, if not more. And I haven't ever had that important conversation with family, grandparents, parents about their life when they were younger and about all the things. I actually probably don't really know them as well as I'd like to or as well as I should because we don't have that time anymore to, to tell stories and to, to really share those memories and, and special moments. I love what you're saying because I think there's a lot more opportunity for families to connect at this moment as well. Precisely. And yes, you've said it all. This is a time where you can sit down and talk to your children about your past, your inheritance, your ancestry, all the things that you never have time to do. We live in such a rat race. We come so much into our lives. We're living in a materialistic world where, you know, a new fridge or a new TV or a new car is far more important than sitting down and talking to your family and this is a great opportunity to do that and and you can have fun and reflection can help you get over anxiety so you know if you are extremely anxious and i have experienced that in the last few weeks when i've been really unwell then practice deep breathing you know there's different methods mine mine to get my breathing stable has always been uh, Breathe in to the count of four, hold for the count of four, and let go for the count of four, which I'm told you Doing it now. Do that three times and you find the oxygen gets back into your head and you feel more rested. I'm settled. And I, I put that into practice with a, a, a young man who is mentally challenged um, when I was in Zambia recently. And sadly, he was being bullied. And he came to the headmaster's office and he was in the most terrible state. And he was hyperventilating, you could see it. He was panicking. And, you know, I went to him and I, he can understand, even though he's got some intellectual impairment. And I just said, Robbie, just listen to me. 
and I showed him how to breathe and he did it. And honestly, the calm that came over him was amazing. And, and he was fine then. And, you know, for somebody who couldn't fully understand what was happening to him, why were these children bullying him? It was exceptional how he suddenly just relaxed like that. So, you know, a time when you are doing the deep breathing, also combine it with reflection and think happy thoughts. Don't keep thinking about all those images that you're seeing on the TV um, or the statistics, which are so horrifying. Just try and reflect on a happy holiday or a wedding or a christening or something that's been very special in your life. It's helped me a lot. I'm not saying it's going to help everybody, but it has helped me a lot through some anxious times. Oh, Jane, thank you so much. You've, you've even provided me with some insights and, and reminded me to do the breathing technique, which I literally found myself doing as you were talking about it. Um, I'm, I'm asthmatic and, and when I get anxious, my breathing goes or I just forget to breathe. <laughs> and Jane always says, Leah, breathe four seconds in and fall out and it, it does it works and I do do it and it, it even helps with my asthma sometimes so so it's a very good point and Jane thank you because your reflections on your work and on your own experience as a mom and as an inspirational person that I do believe is a mom to hundreds of people there's even a baby Jane Yes, <laughs> three baby James, and I better explain before you get this mixed up. <laughs> so, because Jane is 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 a very well known face in in her in the community that she supports or community should I make it plural now? Um, that when there's a new baby born and it's a female, it sometimes gets called Jane. <laughs> so yeah, Jane is an absolute role model to me, and I, I really appreciate your your guidance, as I'm sure lots and lots of people will. Jane, is there one, or do you have one final message for parents all over the world during this, this really difficult time? If you could just summarise something in one message. Um, embrace your children. Don't chastise them for what's happening, that they're at home. It's not their fault. Yes, it's inconvenient having your children at home, especially when you're working, but embrace it, enjoy it. Children are a gift and it's a privilege to be, to be a mother. And so that time, it may seem endless when they're young, when they've been naughty, when they're having tantrums, when they've just been irritating. Children bring out a temper in you that you didn't know existed. But one thing, keep your cool. You know, count to 10, that famous, famous quote, count to 10. Try not to lose your temper because besides hurting your child, you're getting yourself all worked up and you're already anxious because of the situation. So. You know, I have not lost, and I can honestly say this, I have not lost my temper in a decade because I've seen how destructive it can be. And if you like to have a drink and if you find it's relaxing you at the end of the day, especially during this difficult period, fine. But don't drink so much that you're going to be even more depressed. Alcohol, as many of us know, can um, induce depression, it can exaggerate it, it can, um, and same with anxiety, it can make it so much worse. 
but you know it's it can be lethal and i think if you can keep harmony within your house during this period even if you're living on your own you know use different things that are available there's so many resources on the internet offered for free i saw last night the national theater were putting on Jane Eyre for the next week. You know, normally you're paying 75, 80 pounds or $100 for a theatre ticket. Now you can see it in the comfort of your home. Um, there's lots of resources for children. There's quizzes are a great thing for children, especially teenagers. Sport and music for teenagers are two of the best therapies. And for those working, and you know, especially if you're in a confined place and you're not in the countryside, and this is not an old age thing. One of the things that is the most therapeutic to have in the background is bird songs. There are masses of them on YouTube. I can sit doing a report or an application. And if I've got that music in the background of the birds on very quietly, it inspires me, it uplifts me, and I'm far more productive. Because if I've got music, then that's distracted and we shouldn't have any music anyway if we're working. Um, but if, if you're in a small confined space, it could be very tough. You know, the lack of noise, don't even have traffic going past us anymore because of the lockdowns. But bird songs or any sort of soothing music that can be used for yoga, um, you know, there's lots of things on the internet which you can do as well. If you do yoga or Pilates, great things to do during this period. Um, and I even saw somebody had run a marathon on the spot recently. So it doesn't wow. <laughs> necessarily have to do, a, you know, have a big garden or, or a backyard, as they say in America, to do all these things. But yes, yeah, so those are the sort of things I've learned um, and things I've read about which are successful. So I hope... Um, I hope my advice or just my pointers to you people who are suffering, we're all suffering, you know, um, but just think of those who are far worse off than you are and it might help. Jane, thank you so much. Thank you. Those final like words that you said, tips, recommendations, they're going to really help quite a few people and straight away, you know, bird sounds. I, I didn't even think about um, the sound of the roads and the traffic because that can actually soothe people. So that's all disappeared. So what a great recommendation. And there are lots of YouTube channels, etc., out there to listen to them. You have been an inspiration to me and an inspiration to everybody else. Thank you so much. And everyone out there, if you like what you've heard, which I'm sure you will, and you want to find out more about Jane and her spectacular work, um, go to the butterflytree.org.uk. Am I right there? I have got it right. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say the Butterfly Tree Charity and then, oh, anyway. So it's the butterflytree.org.uk. Jane, thank you. Stay safe and keep inspiring people across the world. Okay. Thank you, Leah, and you stay safe too. And just to everybody, never give up on hope. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We launch new episodes weekly. To learn more about coaching, leadership, and self-development, visit us at coacharia.com. 
That's C-O-A-C-H-A-R-Y-A.com. See you next time.